Aren't we truly blessed as a congregation to have this group of ladies come week after week and not only to show up Sunday morning to share their talents with us, but all the work that they've got to put in to get ready for this day? We have so many that volunteer in this church. It's hard to thank everyone. We have those uh, like, like our uh, troublemakers, Tre troublemakers, troublemakers, which if you want to go, troublemakers, that's right, troublemakers, that do it in the front. But we have so many behind the scenes that, that do stuff week in and week out. And it was without these volunteers, we wouldn't be able to have the services like we do today. For that, I'm truly grateful for everyone that takes their time and talents and, and volunteers them for this church. It's how we share our love for each other, is the things that we do in service. You know, some people are out front people, some people are behind the scenes people, but I truly believe that we are all called to some type of service, whether it's in the walls of this building or outside our door. And as we gather together, we get to experience the service from others. We receive the gifts that they offer, and we can offer our gifts to each other. And it is one that should bring a joyful noise to your heart. Uh, today we're going to look at Psalm 100. It's five verses long, uh, but it's very deep. It's very challenging for us. It'll hopefully bring a joy to your heart or a smile to your face. But it starts off this way. It says, Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know the Lord. He is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name, for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting, and his peace is sorry, and his truth endures to all generations. Think about this psalm. This is one of these corporate songs that we join together and that we read or that we sing. Uh, hymns have been written after this one. Uh, other songs have come about of these. But it calls for a corporate attitude of gratefulness, of thankfulness. We're going to have two weeks focusing on this theme of gratitude, getting ready for this Thanksgiving season that we are entering. This week we are looking at the Old Testament theme of gratitude. And we look at this idea of corporate gratitude. How do we gather week in and week out as a corporate body, as a community of believers, and come together with a grateful heart, with a heart full of thanksgiving? I'm sure y'all were quite amused when I asked the kids to shout for joy, and they were completely silent. And yet our adults were able to shout for joy. But I imagine you noticed as we sing our songs together, as Ashley leads worship, there are some songs that you're not as familiar with. They're new, they're contemporary, they're out of your wheelhouse. And you may not join us in singing, maybe out of protest or something like that. I don't know. Maybe you just don't sing in public. I don't know. But the commandments of the Lord is shout for joy. 
make a joyful noise, as it says. I try to sing week in and week out. Sometimes I stop a little bit, but that's more out of my throat not giving me enough. And I try to save just a little bit for this sermon. You probably say, preach on or sing on, preachers. Don't save it for that sermon. (laughs) But we are called to have joyful hearts. Now, when we look at individual years, some years are better than others. I started here uh, two and a half years ago. That first harvest I was here, I guess three harvests ago, or two, however you count those, that was a joyful year. I mean, they were breaking records at the, the local gin, all this kind of stuff. We were putting cotton up. I mean, they were harvesting past New Year and still hadn't got it all in. I think some of the farmers just kind of gave up because they were tired. Their machines were wore out from the harvest. Some years are like that. Some years are like this one. Some years are worse than this one. Raise your hand if you're a farmer and you're already done for the season. Got a few of you. You're probably like, yep, I'm, I'm done. You kind of wish you had a little more to do. But if we look at things in the history or the, the, the cycle of life, there are going to be good years and there are going to be bad years. But when we look at things from our corporate gathering when we look at things from the big picture even those bad years we can celebrate because we have cycled through them and we know that good days are ahead of us because we've had good days behind us we have the promise of the word of god that we have these everlasting truths to cling to when you're not sure of your earthly future because some years bring that way from sickness from economic downturns, you name it. There are some years that we are not sure of how our earthly existence will continue on. But we are sure always as we gather of our eternal existence because we have this truth found in the gospel. We have a reason to join each other and sing for praise, whether in good years or bad. We don't have to have everything going into our favor to feel blessed. We can have loved ones or friends that have experienced tragedies. And they don't know what the rest of this year will bring. But we know that God has us in his hands. And that if we breathe life into our lungs, he has a purpose for us. He has a future for us. One that is full of promise that we will prosper. That doesn't always mean in the physical sense. I met with some of our church members this week who have had many physical trials. We laid to rest one of ours who would sit and bring the grandkids. We reminded how fragile life is, how permanent the decisions that we make or the trials that we face. You know, I would pray that none of you ever go through a trial in your life. That you would never have to face physical infirmities, spiritual infirmities. I would would just pray that none of you would have to experience it. But that's from a selfish heart. Because we know that the trials that we go through, they try us, as the word would say. They grow us. 
they allow us to experience the depth of our soul. And without these trials in life, we don't know what we're made of. We don't know how we'll react until we are put into the pressure situation. You can assert with your mouth many things that are true. You can assert what a strong faith you have in Jesus Christ. You can assert many things of what you believe. But you only truly know what you believe when you have to prove it. When you have to live in the face of adversity. And you have to carry on. If you have ran into a tragedy, did your faith get you through it? I pray that it will. Because if you haven't had one of these situations, it's coming. How do I know this? I have a television that broadcasts news. I have a radio that tells me what's going on. I have a Twitter feed. I have a social media account. I have all these kind of things that just tell me that there are some days that are good and there are some days that are bad. That's how each and every one of us comes into the season of Thanksgiving. This could be the best year of our life. We could have graduated from college and got the dream job that we've always wanted. Or we could have been fired or laid off or broken equipment or had buildings burn or lost many loved ones. This could have been a good year. This could have been a bad year. Or this could have been a eh year. Many times in life, that's probably what we experience more than anything else are those little eh years. It wasn't really good. It wasn't really bad. It was just eh. You think about it. When you're in those blah years, I mean, there's a little emoji movie about it. it tells you how to be blah. But when you're in those years... Is it harder to be thankful? Yes. I think those are some of the years that the devil uses us the most. That he can get into our lives and he can just make us melancholy about everything. Well, that we refuse to bring a joyful heart because we don't seem to have anything joyful to be joyful about. We didn't have a tragedy that we've overcome or we didn't face, uh, have good news that we can share with everyone. It was just another year, another gray hair has formed on our head. It was just another year that has come and gone. The resource wasted. We have not much to show for it. But the psalmist says, make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. The psalmist calls all the lands, all the earth to come together. Brothers and sisters that we may never have met, but have called on the name of the Lord. The Lord calls them together because He is God, the Creator. He created all that we know. He created the earth. Floyd Ada. He gave us our windy weather. He gave us our dusty skies. He gave us the cloud of the gin that comes over that we breathe and cough and sneeze and all that. But the Lord is our creator and our provider and he is eternal he created each and every one of us for a purpose but unfortunately many of us will reject that purpose in life we won't see what we were created to be but we will see what we want to see we can blame others for the situation we are in we can blame many things without taking a look and seeing what is truly inside because it is easier to point your fingers at someone else 
and let them be the fault and us be the victim, then take responsibility for what we have been given. You know, we may not have started out in the best situation of life. We have may have had parents that had no formal education, that had no way to, to provide for their children's future, or maybe it was just a, a good life, but one that didn't seem to offer much advancement outside this world, because we live here in Floydata. Some people think they have escaped this town when they grow up and move away. And that's the situation we're in. Some have gotten out of here. Go to our schools and, and we try to teach the best education we can, but we also push college and a future, and most times those futures are somewhere else. So what does it mean if you've always stayed here? What does it mean if you now live just a few miles from where you were born? Well, God has a purpose for you. Our society is changing. Those urban centers are attracting others because that's where the economic development is taking place. Our little communities are getting smaller and smaller. We still have resources now, but will they hold out? Will we have students to educate in a decade from now, two decades from now? We don't know. We look at the future with a bit of nervousness. But guess what? You're not created alone. Because in the beginning of this psalm, it says, Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. It calls together for those who are near, those who are far, those who are even further away. It calls all to come together and make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Shout with joy, it says. Then it says, Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. See, this is where I think we mess up in our daily routines. This is why it is so important for this corporate gathering. When we come together each week, we are called to be like the psalmist who calls, to have joyful hearts, to be thankful for what we have, but we are called to come into the presence of God. Think about it. When you're in your own homes, you may have a vibrant prayer life, a, 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 vi a vibrant uh, self-discipline. You may get into the Scriptures daily, and if you do, good for you. But many of us, we get burdened by the struggles of our everyday existence. We, we start off doing well. Maybe in January we start uh, through your Bible plan or something like that. And maybe by mid-January we're still at it. Great, two weeks in, but how about March? Are you still reading your scriptures? Some of us do every year. But many of us, we have grand visions, but we start letting daily chores get in our way. And we start to forget easily what God has called us for. But when we come together as a corporate body of believers, as those who have called this place home, those who have seen, have been baptized or seen children baptized or who have called neighbors and who have come to know the Lord and we see that they have entered into our congregation as believers, we are called each week into the presence of God. We are called each week into the presence of God. That is why we worship on the Lord's day. It is the day that he was resurrected, but it is the first day of the week. 
is what we start out each week being called into the presence of God. And yes, you can experience God's presence on your own because He is a personal God. He wants a personal relationship with you. But there's something about gathering week in and week out together because we are all called, brothers and sisters, cousins, friends, enemies even. I'm sure if you like OU or maybe Baylor, you had a good day or a bad day yesterday. Of course, we don't need to turn our ringtones on either. Just saying. But we are called together. We are called to come into the presence of God each week and to shout for joy. If we have nothing personally to be joyful for, we can be in joy for those who do. Who those who have experienced greatness this week, who have experienced things that just make them happy and joyful. But we are called together because we are called into God's presence. We are called to be his children, to be the sheep in his pasture, as it says. It says, know the Lord. He is God. It is he who has made us. We didn't do it ourselves, it says. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. We are the children of God, and we have been called into his presence to come together as his children, as brothers and sisters each week, as his sheep. We don't have to talk about sheep to know that they're not a bright animal. They are prone to wander away and get lost. They are prone to make dumb decisions, but we have a shepherd who looks out for us who has the crook to pull us out of the holes that we seem to fall into and has a staff and a rod that can protect us from our enemies. But we are his sheep. And as we gather week in and week out in the fold, we learn to hear his voice. We learn to hear because we are in his presence. We are called to enter his grace gates with thanksgiving. And into his courts with praise. We are called to be a part of a gathering. To come in. It says we are called to enter. It didn't say we are called to knock on the door to see if he will let us in. To see if he's home. But he has invited us. This is an invitation to come into the presence of God. And we are to come in with thanksgiving and praise. Because He has made us. He has created us. We didn't do it. We didn't build this church. God did. God gave us the resources. He put in each and every one of our heart a burden to serve. Whether in front of people or behind the scenes. Whether in this building or outside the doors. We have given a heart of service if we have called on Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And we have been called to come into each week and together and to show others that we love a God who has created us and who has made us with a purpose. We may not have our own personal things to be joyful about, but we can gather together because good things are happening to somewhere here because we serve a good God. We serve a God who has a future for us, a place in this world to serve. When we go through our own trials and tribulations, we have brothers and sisters who can walk alongside us. But many times we are private people and we don't want to tell others about the trials that we are going through until we have passed them. 
But that's not what it means to live in community. In community, we lift each other up. We help each other out because when we are weak, there is someone here that is strong that can guide us. There's probably someone who has gone through what we have gone through or something similar to where they understand where no one else can. Because there are tragedies in life that I hope I never face that many of you have gone through. But they can teach us. They can grow our own faith. They can stretch us to where we never thought we could go. But they also give us experience so that we can live life, breathe life into those who are struggling and going through what we have already faced. Because time keeps moving forward. Our life on earth is limited. But in our limited life, we are called to be thankful. Be thankful to Him who has given us so much. And bless His name who has given us salvation. For the Lord is good. He is good all the time. We may not always feel it. But he is holding you in the palm of your, his hand. He is carrying you through those ups and downs, through those triumphs and tragedies. Because he is good. We're the one who has damaged this world. When he created mankind, when he created all of us humans, he gave us this thing called free will. And we could choose him or we could choose ourselves. You can go back to the beginning in the Garden of Eden, and mankind has chosen its way over and over again, and we are descendants of that shame that we have brought onto. Not only has it separated us from God, but it has also corrupted the very ground that we work. Think about it, you farmers out there. How much money would you save each year if you didn't have to spray for weeds? You're probably thinking, I might not even have to plant the cotton. But sin, when it entered the world, not only did it corrupt the human heart and separate us from a holy God, but it corrupted the very land that we live and work and the relationships that we have with one another. Because sin is deadly. It brings rot and decay. But the good love of God brings us his mercies, as it says in verse 5. It says, the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. As Jesus Christ came to earth, he showed us how we could have lived if we had not rejected God as our leader, as our sovereign, as the Holy One who created us with a purpose. Jesus Christ showed us how to live, and he gave up his life as a ransom, as a payment for the sin that we have inflicted on this world. He gave his life on Calvary so that we may regain ours. For it says his mercies are everlasting because Jesus Christ gave us a way to eternity. He gave us a way to heaven. He gave us a way to have a relationship with the holy God that sin had irreparably damaged he gave us a way to be a child of God.
so that we could come week in and week out and gather corporately together as brothers and sisters who have found the mercies of God, these everlasting mercies, because we have heard His truth that endures from generation to generation. Think about that. We have Bibles. We have copies. If you don't own one, we have some in the pew. If you have a smartphone, you can download free apps. We have the message that has transcended generation after generation. 2019, almost 2020, our day is based on when Jesus Christ entered this world. Over 2,000 years since Jesus and many years since the creation of the world. But God has given us this record through holy prophets and the inspiration of the Spirit to many that would record these deeds. And He still uses these words today because they are ever-living. And they apply to each and every one of us because it is the truth of God. We may not fully understand all of its words or how to apply them, but I can guarantee you this. If you take the time to read this, the parts that you do understand, and if you just try to apply those, you will be on the right path. But there's a thing about each and every one of us, our lives, is we understand a lot more about this book than we actually put into practice. It can tell us to avoid sin and hate and all these things, but turn on the TV there's hate that flows through. Look up religious news in the Christian world only. Don't go outside of just Christianity and you will see how brothers and sisters will hate each other because the way they interpret certain verses of this book is deadly. You know, when the English Bible was translated, the, one of the early translators was burned at the stake for his efforts. When it was translated in some of our more modern text, there was a, a, a newspaper article from a, a religious front and asked him, well, they asked the author, I'm trying to think of the name, you can Google it, I'm sure, and find it, but they said, well, what do you think with all this criticism on the, this new uh, translation? He said, I say it's a note of progress. I was like, what do you mean? Go back 100 years ago, 200 years ago. When people didn't like it, they burnt you at the stake. We may criticize and point because it is not the way that we read the Scriptures. It is not how we would have done it. But God's truth is in there because God's Holy Spirit works through the pages. We may not agree on every little detail, but we agree on this if we call on Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. That there is an element of the gospel that transcends all disagreements. Jesus Christ came to earth born of Mary. He lived a life and showed us how to live ours. And when the time came, when the time was right, after He had tw trained 12 just regular folks just like us, he gave up his life freely on a cross. They didn't take it from him, but he gave it up freely. And three days later, he conquered death so that we may also conquer death. And that is the truth that lives eternal. We may have disagreements on how to set up our church polity, disagreements on who can serve in what position, 
But the central element of the gospel is God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him shall have everlasting life. And so we pray for our leaders that they may not steer away from this central gospel truth. And we pray that we can be applicable to the culture that we are placed in. Because if you read through the letters of um, Paul, you will notice that each church was a little different from the others. Some that had Jewish background looked more like the Jewish synagogues that they came out of. Some that were Gentiles, they looked more like the culture that they were out of. And they were all trying to grow more and more like the God who had called them to himself. And so I promise you this. If you pray first, Lord, what will you have us to do? Not, Lord, how can I conquer my enemy? We will start heading into the trajectory that God has called us together. And it starts simply with these verses. It starts this way. It says, Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who has made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people. We are the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful to Him and bless His name, for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting, and His truth is endures to all generations join with me in a word of prayer our good and gracious heavenly father we are so thankful for your truth we are so thankful for your mercies lord we ask that you give us a heart full of gratitude for we didn't do any of this but it was all given to us by you the god who created us who created us for a purpose and who's called us to be one of your own. Lord, give us hearts of gratitude this Thanksgiving season because you have done so much for us. It is in your name we pray. Amen. And now as we enter our time of invitation, if Jesus Christ has been calling you, calling you to come to him, and today you are ready in front of these brothers and sisters to share that love that you have found and you're ready to give your heart to him please come forward tell others about it maybe you have been struggling for some time and you just need to have a grateful heart but because of life it's tough to do that and your need of prayer today come forward or maybe you've been visiting us for quite a while and today's a day that you want to be one of us to be a member of this corporate body. Come forward at this time.